Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. The Golden State Warriors are back. They are back. And let me be very clear about this. You do not have to like the Golden State Warriors, but you sure as hell have to respect them. I'm not recommending that you respect them. I'm telling you, you have to respect them. You have to. Just like you don't have to like Clay Thompson. You know, actually, screw that. You do have to like Clay Thompson. If you've got a heart and half a brain, you have to like Clay Thompson. And you've got to be feeling something after seeing what he did last night. Clay. Because there is only one Clay Thompson. Clay. And if you need further proof, the man let the rest of the world know right after the game, in his pregame, actually before the game, in his pregame routine. I don't want to give away all my secrets, but before I even start my day, I just get up and I go jump in my 65-degree pool to wake myself up, and I'm so lucky to even have a pool. And then I just, you know, play with Rocco. I play maybe some Nintendo. Who else but Clay Thompson? Who else but Clay Thompson? Jump in my pool, have that cold plunge, get up, kind of roll around with Rocco, play some Nintendo? My man, you're playing Nintendo. In 2022, fact, according to The Athletic, he doesn't just play Nintendo, he goes Super Mario World and Super Smash Bros. Brother. Welcome back, King. The game. No, no. The world has missed you. And my guy looked like he had hit the Super Mushroom and the Fire Flower last night. Game six, Clay was in the building last night for game five. He set the tone. Dribbles down the far wing, down to Draymond. Hands off Thompson, three ball. Got it! Big game, Clay has 16 in the first half and a timeout for the Mavericks. Right, my man must have hit that pool hard. My man must have hit Nintendo hard. My man must have taken Rocco for a walk hard. Because he was also doing things like this. So bleeping sweet. Draymond rushing up the floor, around the back, finds Clay. Bam! I could keep going, but I don't have time. You see, last night was Clay's night. I know Steph got the conference finals MVP award. He deserved it. But Clay picked an awesome night to have his best night. 32 at home in a closeout game. And let's be so clear about this. Because for whatever reason, so many of you want to ignore this. It was only a few months after he first came back from all those injuries. And his post-game interview was vintage Clay. I mean, I should have had 10 threes. I left like three on the board tonight. But whatever. I'm just so happy to be back. I'm so thankful for this team. These guys carried us to an incredible start. And then that be coming back in there. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get emotional. Right? I can't believe we're back. This is crazy. I'm going to enjoy this tonight. But, wow, we still got four more to go, Dub Nation. This is, I'm going to soak this in the night, though. I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Such a great dude. What a great dude. What a great player. And I love him dumping on himself like, man, I should have had 10 threes. Left a few on the table. Pretty easy to forget he missed nearly 1,000 days of basketball. His first game back was barely more than four months ago, and yet he's doing that on that stage the last night. It's incredible. It's awesome. 
And it's great to have the coolest dude in the association back in the finals. And it's great to have Golden State back in the finals. And yes, I said it. It's great to have Golden State back in the finals. And I'm not saying that as a fan. And I'm not saying that as Warrior Jim. And I'm not saying that as a honk. I'm saying great. I'm saying it's great because it's indicative of greatness. Because this is greatness we're witnessing. It doesn't matter if they win the whole thing. Just being back and four games away is an insane accomplishment. That's six times now in eight years. That puts them in the same category of Bill Russell and the Celtics. Jerry West. Hey, what's up, Jer? You dial it back a little bit. Dude, are you still angry? You mad, bro? You mad, bro? How's that case all the way to the Supreme Court coming? You mad, bro? Anyway, this puts them in the same category as, you mad, bro? Bulls, Lakers, Michael Jordan Bulls. This is how good the Steph Curry Warriors are. It's a dynasty clones. And you better appreciate it. And as impressive as it is, as much love as they're getting, it's not nearly enough. Go back three years. They had just been beaten by the Raptors in the finals. They were in tatters. Kevin Durant had shredded his Achilles. He bolted for Brooklyn. Hey, that's turned out pretty awesome for him, hasn't it? Great decision, KD. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Clay tore his ACL. A year later, he was going to tear his Achilles. Golden State was D-O-A. Done. Dead. D-U-N, finished. To outsiders, it got so bad, they were having to sell themselves on salvaging D'Angelo Russell in a sign-and-trade with Brooklyn. It was that over. They were done. I mean, great run. Amazing run, but all great runs come to an end. They had their time. They had their era. And by the way, people were happy about it. People were tired of seeing them. People were tired of seeing them make it look easy and win. Yeah, it was slammed shut in the most brutal fashion by the Raptors and by injuries, and people were standing over them and talking junk. Not only did the window slam shut, the glass shattered, and everybody loved it. So at that point, ownership typically says, all right, we had a great run, we made a ton of dough, once in a lifetime, most never get near this, tear it down. Rip it apart. Sell off the parts for scrap. Let's save some money and make some money for a while. What can anybody say? We had our run. We did it. But that's not what they did. That's not what Golden State did. They stayed with it. They did what so few organizations do. They got greedy in the right way. They wanted more. As Bob Myers told me earlier this week, they wanted another shot. I wanted to see what Steph Clay and Draymond, I wanted them to get beat, I should say. I wanted to say, let's let them play until they get beat. And we never really got that. I mean, Toronto beat us, and that's fine. But I wanted to see a team where they could try again. And we're kind of getting to see that. I love that. I love that because it's so rare. What he's saying is they earn the right. They earn the right to run it back. They earn the right for somebody to beat them straight up. That's not what happened. They earned it. Keep it together. I love that so much. So, yes, they still have Steph. They still have Clay. They still have Draymond. But those guys are all seven years older 
than they were when the run started. Not only older, but busted up and older. And seven years in the NBA is an eternity. That's a basketball career in and of itself. They've all got gray hair now, but they kept at it. And a step, man, you want to talk about a reinvention and a transformation. I'm so amazed by Steph because Steph will never, ever get the credit he deserves because Steph makes it look so easy. Because Steph looks so, well, normal, right? There's no way to even begin to quantify, unless you're in it with him, the amount of work that he's done to make himself what he is. And he kind of tried to extrapolate or explain that last night. This one is it was very sweet just because of where we were in you know 2019 obviously like I said we never lost the faith but you understood how long or how hard of a process was going to be to to climb the mountain again. I think internally we all are extremely proud of what it took to get back here. Yeah, it's definitely sweet based on what we went through. Uh, I hadn't really sort of extrapolated it that way. but I think a lot of people really had not extrapolated it that way. I think a lot of people just do not understand how special this guy is. Honestly, how tough this guy is, how fierce this guy is, just how hard. It, you just look at Steph. I think some of you like think, hey, yeah, old Steph from Davidson, that's kind of cute. That's kind of nice, man. He can shoot a little bit. Look at that release. Man, this dude is unbelievable. Unbelievable how hard he works and what he's made of himself and his career. And he's right. It is hard. Hard as hell. Look at, okay, look at Brooklyn. Let's look at this really objectively. Look at Brooklyn. They thought they were building the next dynasty with Durant and Kyrie teamed up. And then they brought in Harden. They were supposed to be the basketball Voltron. They couldn't even get out of the first round. The Lakers won a title. 18 months later, they finished off the worst season in Laker history, no matter what the GM says. This basketball game is hard, dog. You're not supposed to do what the Warriors just did. It's every bit as impressive as the Bulls going back-to-back or going back to the finals when MJ stopped playing baseball. Except Jordan and Pippen were younger than Curry is now. They just beat the Mavs. Luka was 16 when the Warriors won their first title. John Morant was 15. Both of them are superstars now. Jabari Smith was in middle school when Golden State won their first title. And he's going to go in the top two picks next month. This is what we're talking about. This is why this is so amazing. Do you remember who won the title the year before the Warriors won their first? Think on that for a minute. Trivia, who was the last team to win a title before Golden State won their first? The Spurs, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Who is Parker? Those three. Who is Parker? Who is Parker? Those three guys are all well into retirement now. Kids today think of those three as fossils. They were so long ago that Kawhi Leonard was still a Spur. And most people have forgotten that he even played for them. The Spurs were the last team to win a title before this Golden State run started. And now the Warriors are the new Spurs. It's impressive as hell. They had an era, and now they could be starting another. 
And by the way, what happened to the Spurs? What happened when their era ended, right? This is what I mean about Golden State when their, quote, era ended. Era, 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 jungle Tourette's. Era. They didn't just reopen the window. Thank you, Alvi. You know what's worse? The worst part? The jungle Tourette's. Not only is it real, it's getting worse for me. Like, I need to up my medication. I I can't stop it. They didn't just reopen their window, Golden State. They propped that bitch open. Like, they've got the umbrella jammed up in there, the crowbar jammed up in there. They're extending it. Because the roster, as it's currently constructed, could compete and win for a long time. And it should have never been this way. Broken down, exhausted, no business of ever sniffing anything ever again. Yet here we are. Here the bleep we are. Here the we are. And I know that pisses some of you off. But why would it? Man, they're good dudes. They did it the right way. Their organization's amazing. Life is good for the Warriors. Yo, Clay. Go back to the pool. Play all the Nintendo you want. I love Clay saying, I start every morning by going in my 65-degree pool. And I'm so lucky to have a pool. He means that. 65 is pretty cold, yo. Clay. I have a pool. I'm lucky to have a pool. Mine's not 65. That's cold. But you gotta go with that cold plunge. My man, play all the Nintendo you want. Super Smash Bros. Zelda. Animal Crossing. Mario Kart. Metroid. Kirby. You earned it. And most of all, bro, jump out the pool on that. 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 Let's talk investing for a minute and how confusing things can get when people start throwing around terms like altcoin, shilling, meme stocks, and the like. With all that jargon flying around, it can be hard to figure out how to start investing. So whether you're eager to get started with investing or you already know the ropes and you want to diversify your portfolio, SoFi has your back. Let me tell you what I like about SoFi. No commissions on trading stocks and ETFs. No account fees or hidden fees either. You can use fractional shares that start as low as $5 to buy brand name stocks even if you don't have a couple of grand lying around. And complimentary financial planners are ready to help you out with any questions, whether you're stuck on where to start or you need help deciding on what to do next. So what you should do is get hands-on with active investing or let SoFi's number one ranked automated investing tool. Take the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio by doing it for you. And then on top of that, you can explore the world of cryptocurrency right alongside the rest of your investments. 30 available coins include Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and more. So cut through the jargon and make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Rome and learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open up an account. That's SOFI.com slash Rome. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC, member FINRA SIPC. All investments involve risk, including the loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results or future performance. We are joined by James Bradbury. James, it's good to have you on the show. How are you? 
I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, dude. Good. So I'm curious, a couple of days into your time as a member of Philadelphia, I, I get the whole thing about business is business. It's not personal. But what's it feel like to hear yourself introduced as a Philadelphia Eagle? And so far, what has the transition been like? Uh, it's been pretty smooth. You know, there's good people around the facility. Um, there's good people in the locker room. Uh, I'm just trying to get adjusted to the new atmosphere, you know, being in a new environment, being in a new facility, trying to figure out where everything is, trying to get adjusted to the people, and they get adjusted to me. Uh, but it's been smooth so far. James Bradbury, my guest. I get that. So when you talk about the people, let me just jump right into this. Going to Philadelphia means that you're going to partner up with one of my guys, Darius Slay. I've got to be real. I love Slay. I love his game. I love his personality. He's a lot of fun to talk to. As one corner looking at another, what do you see when you watch him play, and how hyped are you to play corner and uh, play on the other side of him? Um, I see an elite corner. You know, I've watched him since I got into this league, and uh, I've always admired his game. So, um, just the, the opportunity to learn from him and um, actually compliment him, um, is, I'm excited for it. And I think we're, we're going to compliment each other pretty well. James Bradbury, my guest. So I mentioned that you guys have had a really big offseason. You're the latest in a series of big moves that the team has made, which includes trading for A.J. Brown, signing Hassan Reddick, drafting Jordan Davis. Like from where I'm sitting, they aren't just bringing in you, Reddick, and Brown if they aren't looking to make a Super Bowl run right now. Does it feel that way to you? Does this feel like a team that's built for that kind of run? Um. Well, that's that's kind of it's too early to kind of make that um say something like that. You know, we got to first you know put the work in as far as like, putting the work in at OTAs, and that's the stage that we're in right now. So of course we got a lot of talent, um, and you saw that with offseason moves. But it's also about putting that putting that talent together and uh, playing well together and making sure we're all on the same page so that we can go out there and make plays and so that we can make a deep deep playoff run and hopefully get to the big game. Uh, but I do love all the moves they made, and that's uh, part of the reason why I came over here. James Bradbury, my guest. That's part of the reason why you came over there. I think also another part of the reason that you came over there was that fan base, right? You said, quote, I played in front of the fans a few times when I was in Carolina and also in New York, and they're a pretty rowdy bunch, so I feel like it's going to be pretty fun. Like, as a visiting player, what is it about Eagle fans that makes them special, and what's it going to feel like to play for those fans instead of against those fans? Uh, I think it, it makes it tough on the opponent, uh, especially like when the offense is on, like the opposing offense is on the field. You know, they get loud, they get rowdy, and of course, like you got to deal with them when you also go to the sideline, um, and they're gonna tell you how they feel, um, and it it can it can sometimes get into your mental space, you know. So I think it's gonna be fun for us um, and fun for myself. So I just want to go out there and make plays, so I stay on their good side. James Bradbury's joining us. I respect that. I get that. So you were a Pro Bowl selection in 2020. I mentioned your stats off the top. You had a really good year last year, too. So what was it like for you to suddenly be talking or hear them talking about trading you and then ultimately releasing you, even though you played really well? What was that part of the process like? Uh, I mean, throughout the season, um, of course, I made uh, some adjustments with my contract, too. So, I mean, you you kind of foresee my situation kind of playing out uh, just based off the business. Like, if you know the business, you can you can kind of see that kind of happening towards the end because we weren't winning. Uh, my cap number was kind of high, and I knew I was going to be either I was going to be tradable or they was going to release me. Um, so I kind of saw it throughout the season. Um, of course, it gives you anxiety once you get to the end of the season and you know they want to trade you. So it's kind of like you don't know where you're going to be at, you know. Um, you don't know where you stand. 
So it was a lot of anxiety, but I just tried to let my agent handle it, and I just tried to kind of keep my my uh, mental space away from it so that I wouldn't so – I, so I could keep my anxiety down, you know? Yeah, and listen, I really respect that. I, I respect that response a lot because, you know what, let's be real. It's, it is it is kind of scary, and it does make you anxious because you want to know where you're going to live, where you're going to work, where you're going to play, how much you're going to make, how you're going to fit into a certain scheme. So I respect that response a lot. Let me ask you this. You've played at a really high level since you first arrived in the league, and now you're getting a chance, though, to go back against that team. It might be business. You might have had a cap number, but you are going to get a chance to go up against them twice a year. Or are you looking forward to that opportunity? Well, already playing for this, uh, playing in this division for the Giants, you know, I kind of saw the rivalry between the Giants and the Philadelphia fans, uh, well, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and not being on the other side of that, already that game is going to be marked on everyone's schedule anyways because you're playing against the Giants. And I know Philadelphia, they don't really like the Giants. So, um, of course, you know, I, I'm not going to say I have animosity toward the Giants, but, um, you know, just playing my old team, you definitely want to go out there and make plays. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of emotions built up for that game. Um, and I just want to go out there and play well when, when we do play those guys. Hey, James, what about that? Like, you're, you're approaching this with a really even keel. Like, this is this a mindset that you have developed and you realize that, hey, if I play emotional or if I get outside myself or I play angry, that's not good? Or is this the way you've always been? Uh, I would like to say I've always been like that as a football player. You know, um, I'm a thinker when I'm on the field, so I like to be able to, um, you know, think through my thoughts and not have, like, my emotions sway my thoughts. Um, so that's just kind of how I play. You know, I feel like that's how I've been able to stick around this league. That's how I've been able to, you know, make plays just based off watching film and uh, making sure I don't let my emotions get the best of me when I'm out there. I get it. All right, so what's the next level in your growth look like as a player? What kind of an impact are you looking to have this season? Um, well, I'm looking to make more plays than I did last year. Um, and, of course, we didn't play well last year when I was with the Giants. So um, I'm just hoping that, you know, we kind of were able to put these pieces that we have together and we're able to, to mold and, like, come together well and uh, play well once we get on the field. I mean, we, we had pieces with the Giants, you know, that were really, really good. Uh, but it just didn't work out. So, I mean, I want, I want everything to work out when I'm here with the, uh, with the Eagles. Um, so that's the, that's, the, that's the stage that we're in right now in OTAs. And then we get to training camp, you know, that's going to be another – part of the process, another step in the process to where we're kind of building that chemistry and we're making sure that we're all on the same page so that we can go out there and make plays and, you know, win big. Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. So, Smack Off 28 is only 28 days away. June 24th is the big day. It's 28 days, but in reality, only 18 shows. There's a big difference. 18 shows, and I'll tell you why there's a big difference. Because I'm not one of those guys who's living on social media 24-7, feeding the beast. So when I'm not on the air, I'll reference it, but not to the extent that a lot of people are online. So 18 shows is very different than 28 days. And of the 18 shows, I'm going to be in the big chair for 17 of them because I've got something I have to tend to. 
So what I'm trying to say to you is we are in crunch time. The stretch run has begun. Some of you have not even busted out of the gate yet. There's not a lot of time left to rip a golden ticket or place an RSVP call or get up off the watch list and into the field itself. So hopefully I can light a fire under some asses today because today is a massive day in smack off season. In the back of my mind, my consultant is telling me, Jim, not everybody knows what the smack off is. In the front of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, today I don't care. Let's just talk smack off. Most of you know what it is. Quick order of business first. If you missed it yesterday, smack off prediction videos are back. As in your smack off prediction videos. We will play them on national television in front of an enormous audience. All you have to do is send us a 15 second, 15 seconds, a 15 second take on who is going to take the smack off strap on June 24th. If it's not too much to ask, because the guys in New York like it this way, can you film it horizontally? Film it horizontally, and the folks in California are going to ask, don't be an idiot. This is for CBS, daytime, not even the folks, me, I'm going to ask, don't be a moron. This is for CBS, daytime television. No swearing, no drinking, no smoking. No inappropriate clothing, no homemade porn, no drugs, no freebasing, none of that. No glass deeks. Be clean, man. I understand that's asking a lot of you clones. Hey, notice I'm not even saying don't do those things. I'm saying don't lay those things down on tape and then send them to me and then expect them to be played on TV. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But if you want your video played on TV, you cannot cross the line. Now, back to the big news of the day. Keep that in mind. Send us your predictions. We want to put them on the air. Big news of the day. First of all, Steve in Houston, a.k.a. Stucknut, a.k.a. The Nut, a.k.a. The Dude, who has spent the better part of his time on this planet listening to and chronicling this radio program. And Nut... I don't do it nearly enough, bro. Thank you. I love you, nut. Thank you very much for your commitment. He has spent the better part of his life on this planet chronicling this radio program. So he has a lot of credibility. He's got some pull around here. He dropped his smack off odds last night. Thank you. Odds that are always anticipated and yet always somehow controversial. I mean, believe me, the guy knows more about the show than I do. And it's my show. And I've been here for every show. Controversial in the sense that smack off participants, and this is ironic to me because they talk more junk than anybody, but they're some of the most thin-skinned, butt-hurted people ever. In their participation, they get bent and they get butt-hurt about the odds every single year. And it's hilarious. And we'll get to all that shortly. In other enormous jungle news, we have a major jungle upset. Like an 80-1 to winning the derby upset. Because Alvin's 
legendary smack-off promo, which usually drops around five minutes before the smack-off itself, is done. He's finished it. Now I'm done. He's already finished it. He normally takes forever to finish it. Alvin is the epitome of, dude, like, what are you going to do? Is somebody, you can ask somebody else to do it? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Alvin's the epitome of, they can't start without me. Hey, 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 Van Smack. All right, I understand your frustration. Do, do you want Ritz to do it? Yeah, that's what I thought. You'll get it when you get it. I'm not getting that attitude this year. Alvin's got it done. I mean, can I, can I be so straight about this? These promos take forever to finish. Now, in defense of Alvin, they are straight freaking fire. They don't just pump you up for the event. They don't just make you want to run through a wall. They want you to blow that wall up with a giant truck full of dynamite and then go find a mountain to climb. Papa Roach. Papa Roach, PR for short. PR behind the glass there. And I'm not talking about a personal record for him getting on mill. Greco-Roman wrestling on a Friday night. Papa Roach (laughs) went deep this year. Another bad pun. Papa Roach, that promo's thick. Oh, my God, it's getting worse. It's beefy anyway. It's explosive. Oh, my. They're just coming out, Alvy. I don't know. Papa Roach hit all the major players. And the theme is on point. So enough with the buildup. Ordinarily, nothing could ever live up to the hype. But this will. Alvin, it is yours. You can do what you want with it. But if, in fact, if you are ready for the world premiere of the 2022 Smack Off promo, I would be so thrilled for you to hit play. Can we do this? If everyone's strategy on how to win one of these things involves copying the dude who won the year before, then I just want to say I look forward to the triumphant return of crank jokes in Smack Off 28. Smack Off 28. Smack Jim Rich Flores' Twitter handle, at Dick Flowers. I just find that really interesting since I gave both of those things to Brad and Corona's wife. This is the jungle national holiday. We wait all year for it. If my wife were into stupid, floppy-eared things with bad breath and a retractable penis, I'd hook her up with Paul's dog. Rebuttals in a can. I bite his ass off every day of the week. Did that dog call in on her own, or did Rick and Buffalo just hand his phone to his prettiest daughter? Smack off number 28, Friday, June 24th. I'm going to go to the phones, and we are going to unleash hell. H-E double hockey sticks. Bring a Bible and a seatbelt. Jeff in Richmond. Jim! Thank you, Jim! For 27 smack off. I can't stand any of these guys. And for being a very best friend, Jim! Rick 
in Buffalo. Jeff's so fat, he makes Andy Reid look like Karen Carpenter. Now stay down, hillbilly boy, before I slap all that red off that big fat neck. Vic. Stop acting like you're some kind of hard-ass Rick. I could super glue you to the front of my car and turn you into a hood ornament. Except your big-ass nose would block my view of the road. Caleb. And Vic, his take on me was that I'm well-mannered and sober. Dude, after I win the 5K, you can go get your shine box burning. Bro, we're not doing that this year. Burning. Dude, what did I tell you? You had your chance already and you blew it. Mark in Boston. How do you think Caleb's going to perform today? This guy gets less action than Rome's bocce court. Gino. I think we really need to give this guy a pass. He lives in Michigan. It takes 30 minutes to thaw out your card. Mark in Hollywood. That is so, Wisco man, his idea of a dating app is going to a cow field and tipping over one cow left if he doesn't like her, one cow right if he does. Urgh, Captain Mark. Try for pastries out here, cuz. I just ripped your crown, fat Adam Silver. Left. Mark, the only thing fat about me is my wallet from winning this thing so many times, right? I mean, did I miss the memo that it was opposite day or something? But if so, you're really handsome, have a totally normal hairline, and teeth that are proportionate to the size of your head. Benny in Wisco. Last time Sean went to a grocery store, three expectant mothers saw him and offered up their special parking spot. The Cablin Asian. Sean, what's going on? How are you? Uh, fat, evidently, Jim. That's what I am. Jeff in Southfield. Sean, I never knew the Michelin Man had a twin brother, Sean. You're what happens when Tina Yothers loses her hair. Jeff, good job Googling bald and fat jokes. Jeff, you're as useful as a knitted condom. Brad in Corona. If you ever get a follow from Sean Pendergast, he's probably more interested in your kidneys than your friendship at this point. Chris in Southeastern Wisco. The scoreboard reads me, 30 rack calls, you one. It's a Dynasty clone. I've got a stack of golden tickets. Got to play your way in. Looks like snacks. Eight. Randrew Bogus. Are we not going to have me, the chicken man, on a self-gloss reel because of some technicality? What kind of bleep is that? <laughs> Jimmy, my man. I just can't wait to start smacking off. Come on! Yeah, what? You it's winner take all. Five grand and the crown of king of smack. No points for second place. Okay, Jim. That's all I got. Yeah, right. I'm just getting warmed up. Romy, I don't need to be the main event on this card. I just need five rounds to give the people, the ladies, what they want. And I promise you, your rubber band will thank you. Ben Simmons wearing a shooting sleeve thinks you need to settle the hell down. Tell me Let's find out. That. I'm about to blow this Jim, bag. Jim, Jim, man, how's double, my double, 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 double audio, audio, audio? Clean it up. The smack off is invitation only. It is for the very best of the best. I'm the best there ever was and the best there ever will be. I kind of agree with them. You know, if you take away Sean's five titles, Doc Mike and I Brady two, JT the Brick, Jeff the Cole, Jeff the Richmond, Vic Marksdale. Jim, I Ray Craig's apartment is such a dirty mess that his Roomba ran away. Dan and DC, J2, Bogey, Raider, Mike Kerwin, Randall, David St. Louis, Rachel, Sarah, Shade, Anika, Sudi, Flash and Brent with Jerome and Nashville, Toby and Houston, Carlin, Rosie. Huge version of the Tyco train set I got when I was 10 for Christmas comes rumbling out of nowhere. Come on. The Grump, the Grouse, the Axe, the Bowling Ball, the Ice Man, the Dookie, the Raider, Matt, Cleveland, Joe, Lincoln, Matt, and Caleb in Green Bay, then yeah, Mike, you are the best that ever was. You should be proud of that. Friday, June 24. Fourth, invite only, winner take all. Just rattling off these people makes me wish I had ten middle fingers. Double side, bitch. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Oh! No tipping, tipping. Screw all of you equally and super hard. Have any fun yet? Smack off, 28, June 24th. You've got your date. Go get paid. Come on! Absolute bleeping fire, Alvin. 
Great job. Not only an amazing job, but so far ahead of schedule. And I'm reminded of there is some deep, deep talent in that field. There is some funny stuff. There is some really talented cats in that field. And the thing is, the field is not set yet. Mostly, but not completely. Do you want to be a part of that? Do you think that you're good enough to be a part of that? Can you make it better than that? Get in here. We still have time. Another Alvin Deloro masterpiece to set up a legendary and iconic event. Five minutes of that turns into three solid hours of that. It is June 24th. It is the 28th consecutive year that we have done this. I'm proud of that fact. I'm proud of two things. Number one, that we've done it 28 years in a row or will have. And number two, we're still playing the game at a really high freaking level. Make me look good. Better yet, make yourselves look good. Get your asses together and get to Mars. No, get up in here. Let's do this. June 24th. It's Jungle Tourette's. I'm telling you, it's getting worse. Like I went to my doctor the other day. I'm like, hey, doc, I need some more meds for my Jungle Tourette's. The doc's like, yo, bro, we got to actually wean you off them. I'm like, I know, but it's getting worse. Now I'm trying to get my ass to Moss. Get your ass to Moss. Who is going to step up and claim the five gur? And I don't want to say more important than five gur because five gur is five gur. Five gur is a lot of money. But maybe that crown means me means even more to you. Normally when somebody says it's not about the money, it's about one thing, the money. But I don't know. I like I want to say if it's about Brad, maybe it's not about the money. Brad seems to do pretty well. Maybe if it's left, it's not about the money. But by the way, maybe for anybody in the field, the money is really nice. But more importantly, you want to be the man or the gal or the person. The one who gets to roll around for an entire year and own that fact and wear that crown. Because some people, frankly, like being the heavyweight champion in the world, because in a way you are the heavyweight champion in the world. Some people wear that crown really, really well, and some people cannot handle that crown at all. Let's find out. You have to play your way in. If you've won the event, you're already in. If you know you're in, you're in. If you don't know whether or not you're in, you're not in. But you can still get in with a golden ticket. Call me right now, 1-800-636-8686. I know it's intimidating. You heard what you're up against, but that's what makes the event so special. The best of the best. One day a year and only 28 times in the history of the genre. It's that big of a day. Oh, yeah. I love that sound so much. That sound really does make me smile because it is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start running, grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. 
And I love how Shopify has the tools and the resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. What I'm saying is Shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. What you want to do is go to shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase, and get a free 14-day trial and find out for yourself. Get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E right now, shopify.com slash Rome. He's contemplating, I'm told, a third level, which would include a cat wash. So I would encourage all of our listeners in the Arvada, Colorado area to get their dogs washed and their cars cleaned once the car wash is finished. The establishment is called Surf in Suds Cat Wash and Detail Center. <laughs> Am I right, big head? If I see cat making me much money, mate, I'd be happy to change it to Surf and Suds Cat Wash and Detail Center. But uh, it's a good idea, the cat part. All right, so where does that stand? How close is the cat mate portion of that entrepreneurial play to being completed? Well, I got about 400 square feet. I could probably put it in there, but I got to finish that damn dog wash first, Jim. Still working on that thing. It's hard. <laughs> hey, man, listen, build vertically. Build vertically. You don't have to buy any more land. Just build that thing straight up. Hey, really quickly, what was your reaction to Alvin's immortal and incredible promo? Like it is every year. Fire, goat stuff. Surprised he put a couple lines in there that were absolutely hysterical. Our, our, those callers are creative and right on the line, man. Oh, or right over the line. Oh, yeah, over it, too, yeah. All right, mm -hmm. good. All right, so most of all, we are here to get down. We Let's are do here it. to get paid. We need some money. Are you ready, head? Hell yes. Let's do, do you it. feel dangerous, head? I feel dangerous. Jim. Do you feel smart head? Yes, I do. Okay, let's yes. get it. Full okay. transparency. The NBA playoffs have not just been ass. Mm. They have been serial ass, and they have not been easy to protect. So when serial I say full transparency, ass. last few nights, head, I've gone all punk ass with it, mm. hitting money line plays. Scary, but safe. But not safe, right? Like, I'm not proud of it, but it's worked and it's gotten me paid. Okay. Generally, I know you're not about that life. So let's start. Heat v. Boston. The Heat are busted the hell up. They're mm -hmm. in Boston. Who is looking to finish? They know that Golden State is done and getting rest. Miami is DOA. But we're not talking about overall win-loss we're talking about against the spread mm -hmm. is eight and a half points enough value for you to get with the heat first off the top seed in the eastern conference finals an eight and a half point dog is wild in a game six jim um agreed but, yeah very wild but considering the last 12 nba playoff games only one game has been decided by less than eight and a half points and in those 12 games the winning team has won by an average of 18 and a half points so um am i gonna take them no i'm not i'm gonna go miami actually here and oh, actually, i actually am gonna take miami you asked if i was gonna take them or not sorry about that i'm gonna what's the matter with you man wake up points <laughs> I'm going to go law of average play here. Are Jim you sure? Heat. Yes, I am sure. Me okay. Miami Heat, 
plus eight and a half. Wake up. Wake up. Thank you. The Heat are scoring just 84 points per 100 possessions in the half court since game one. Buckets is averaging nine points a game the last three games, but I can't see Jimmy having four straight bad games in the Heat. Have to shoot better from distance than they have. Don't they do missed that. 38 threes in game five. They are shooting 29% from distance the entire series, but in the regular season, they were the best team in the NBA at shooting the three-point ball. Also against the spread, as a dog, they are in their best spot, hitting on 65% of their games. Boston is 20, and 25 is a home favorite. Below not good. That's only 44%. Let's go Heat, plus eight and a half. I think the Celtics win, but I'm going Miami. All right, interesting. I, I may go money line because of what you just said. I think the Celtics win too, but hard to extrapolate all the ass that's coming out of the NBA Terrible. playoffs. Horrible all right, so let's get to our future picks for the NFL. Again, yes. coming into this, until I learned some better betting discipline, I was all about the immediate gratification. Like, I had trouble delaying it. I did not want to wait the entire season. I was not a big futures guy, but I have flipped on that. Nice. You, have kind of, you have kind of taught me that. It's a nice hedge. It gives you something to follow throughout the entire year. So you did change my thinking on that. Let's do this. Let's isolate one particular division. Okay. Say, I don't know, the AFC South. Over, yeah. under, numbers for each team. Right now, the Colts are the team to beat in that division. The number I'm seeing for this, 10.5 wins on the year. Are you over or under on 10.5 for the Colts? Over 10.5 wins. It's a good roster and a weak division, and Chris Ballard made an already good defense better. He traded for Yannick Ngakwe to add edge rushing and signed Stephon Gilmore and Rodney McLeod on the back end. They should be one of the better defenses in the entire NFL. And, of course, on offense, they got Matt Ryan. He is 37, but as long as he doesn't piss everyone off in the building like Wentz apparently did, that should be a nice upgrade. He isn't the MVP, he wasn't 16, but the dude has played in some rough situations the past few years in Atlanta with a bad, bad ass line. He's got to be thrilled there. Also, that Jonathan Taylor guy you love, he's special. Biggest concern is the skill positions outside of Taylor, though. The Colts' best hope is second-round pick Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Hopefully, he could fire out of the gate for them, and Michael Pittman Jr. could take another huge step forward. They must need, or they need more juice there in their favor. Schedule-wise, is KC and the Chargers both playing at Lucas Oil this year? I think they win the AFC South over ten and a half wins for the Colts. I like that pick. I can get with that. All right, as much as I like the Titans, and I do, I can't help but wonder if maybe their championship window is already slammed shut. I could be wrong. I hope I am because I do like them. Mm -hmm. I always have, but I've got my concerns. They're currently sitting at nine wins. Are you over or under on them? Yeah, that bitch is barricaded shut. They are not competing this year, Jim. The top seed in the AFC playoffs a season ago gets a nine-win over-under. I will continue the disrespect and go under. The AFC got better in the Titans' dent. Biggest loss is A.J. Brown. Yeah, they brought Roberts Woods in, but he's coming off an ACL injury, and he's playing with a below-average quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. He was exposed oh, without Derrick Henry in the lineup last year. It's looking like this might be his last season there. And Henry, their best player, he's coming off injury, and he is now 28 years old. Last year, he wasn't breaking tackles at his normal rate. His yards per carry were a yard down and had a big dip in yards after contact per attempt. Tough schedule, too. Week two at Buffalo and a gauntlet starting week nine at KC, Denver, at Green Bay, followed by Cincy, then Philly with A.J. Brown. I like their defense. The pass rush is better, but let's go under nine wins for the Titans. The head is on fire. The Jags are the Jags, which is to say the Jags <laughs> are ass. 
but they're not even the worst team in the division. That tells you all you need to know about the AFC South. That said, you can take the Pervin Liar out of the facility, but the question is how much of the blood that he splattered and that Pervin mold and DNA is still in the walls. That stench. How much bleach would you have to have at that facility to completely whitewash it of Pervin Liar? Never mind bleaching the facility. You don't must have to burn that thing to the, not even that thing, that city to the mm-hmm. ground to mm-hmm. get the Pervin Liar DNA out of the organization. Light the entire town on fire. What's the number? How are you playing it? The over-under win number is six for the Jags. The perv mold, like you said, is strong, Jim. It's like a skank's ass in a dive bar. Someone is going to have to pry that old perv filth off of it, and I don't think they can enough to get seven wins. I'm going under six here. Trent Baalke was aggressive in the offseason, kind of a mixed bag of good and bad. Helped the offensive line, linebacker secondary, but throwing big money at Christian Kirk and somewhat an unimpressive draft, I'd say dims the season outlook. Also, I just don't know how bad that perv stank you talked about has hurt Trevor Lawrence. You can't just keep popping pills. That flare keeps coming back, Jim. The generational prospect. Wait, was you mean near like the, the perv herp? The, well, something, man. I don't know. The, like you said, how do you get rid of it? I don't know. But it hit the generational prospect. He was near the bottom of every single passing metric last season. The guy threw one touchdown from November 11th to January 1st, and he couldn't even complete 60% of his passes as a whole, and he was a checkdown king. Plus, their schedule isn't favorable this year. Some of the games they could win against the Commanders, against the Jets, and Lions are all on the road. I'm going under six for Doug Peterson and the clown organization there. I think the head's having one of his best efforts ever. Quickly, how crappy would you have to be to be looking up at the Jags? Because that's exactly where the Texans find themselves. We had Nick Casario on the program not too long ago. I'm really hoping for Nick. I like mm-hmm. Nick. I'm mm-hmm. hoping somehow, some way, they can dig their way out of this, but it sure as hell is not going to happen overnight. What is their number? Which way are you going with them? The number is four and a half wins. I'm going under again. Last season, they outkicked their coverage more than any team in the NFL. They won four games with the talent of a half-win roster. They followed that by pushing David Coley off. A half-win roster. How do you quantify a half a win? That's the number Like I they won the Vegas. first half? Yeah. So well, Of a game? No, they'd have to win to get over, So, which they didn't have the talent. Okay, I got it. That makes sense. David Coley did a great job, but he's out. They promoted Lovey Smith, and that offense that ranked dead last in the NFL and a defense that wasn't much better, it got a touch better on talent. Nothing really notable done in free agency, but they did have nine selections in the draft. Biggest name being Derek Stingley Jr. at cornerback. He has a talent to be the best player in the entire draft. He's that good if he's healthy. I like Davis Mills. I think he's got a future, but this is the infancy of a rebuild. And from a schedule standpoint, their winnable games are on the road too. Chicago Week 3 and Giants Week 10. Lovey's only lost less than five games in the NFL uh, twice. Let's make it three times under four and a half. All right, so a couple of minutes left at max. I've said mm-hmm. this many times, but the NHL postseason has been the superior product to the NBA postseason. Is there any hockey you want to hit on the way out the door? Yeah, tonight, Avs at St. Louis. Somehow the Avs found a way to triangle choke themselves in game five. St. Louis. Uh, yeah, St. Louis, Blues here. Nathan McKinnon is on a mission, though. Let's Gloria. go Avs here. Gloria. <laughs> Gloria. Uh, 
So I'm going to Avs. Minus 170 on the uh, money line here. Darcy Kemper needs to be better. He had a negative goal save above average uh, number four of the five games here. They were not strong on the puck in game five. But let's go McCarr and McKinnon in the Avs. Minus 170. Avs minus 175. I got 45 seconds. Run it down top to bottom head. NBA Heat plus eight and a half tonight. NFL over under wins on the season. Colts over ten and a half. Titans under nine. Bags under six. Texans under four and a half. And Avs tonight on the money line against the Blues minus 170. Dude, good job, head. Great job. Let's get paid. Let's get down. Have a great weekend, head. Thank you very much. Well done. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? We go to Wichita. Sean in Wichita. Sean, what's going on? Not much. Rome, you keep saying you're looking for some new blood. Well, my man, that's probably why we're scared to call. At least for me, that was why. I mean, not because I was afraid of being embarrassed or laughed at. No, it's because you're EP. He's a vampire, bro. And uh, they like drinking blood, so my apologies for being a bit hesitant. But, uh, you know, I finally got over my fear and uh, decided to shoot my shot. I know I've got to play by the rules here, Jim. You can't just let a newcomer come in and steal the show. And uh, this being my first time call, apparently, I mean, I wouldn't want to do anything like that. I can't even mention guys like Chris and Southeast Wisco. I mean, the dude is practically a made man. 30-plus rat calls, I must admit. The body of work is quite impressive, but I'm pretty sure he's been claiming this dynasty BS since, like, uh, day one. Sounds like a self-gloss to me, but uh, I should probably direct my attention elsewhere. Uh, so, like you always say, Rome, go big or go home. And, uh, well, I think I'm going to do it. No, I'm not talking about the BIC here. That guy is practically uh, untouchable, uh, like a living legend. Seriously, he's won the smack-off so many times, he's not even going for the five grand this year. No, he's just hoping Famous Smoke Shop will uh, hook him up with a bigger cigar for the ladies to puff on. And uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, brah. Uh, I've seen the photos, and Brad, believe me, my sights are elsewhere. No, I'm coming for the biggest son of a bitch there is, Paul's dog. How can anybody stand this mutt calling into the show like, Oh, hello, Jim Brown. I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat your leftovers. Dog. When I'm done with you, there won't be any leftovers. I'm going to eat you up like Papa Pacquiao. So look out tonight because Paul invited me over for dinner, and you're on the menu. My man, Shawnee Wichita. Nice job, Shawnee.
Not good enough to get you in, but I'll put you on the watch list. Papa Pacquiao invited you over for dinner. You're on the menu. And he's got a bigger cigar for the ladies to puff on. See, that's what I'm talking about. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. He's John. My brother, John. What's going on, John? Jim, it's always good to talk to you. Listen, um, Tyler and Matt, uh, instead of taking up our time during Smack Off, why don't you just, you know, take your place 11th and 17th respectively and teach people the difference between a urinal and a, and a soft comb machine? Because up there, Jim, in the Arby's, and good thing you and Janet weren't drinking from the, uh, the Arby's in Vancouver because... They were they they don't know the difference between the urinal and and the ice cream machine. That was the first thing. The second thing was Benny and Wisco. When are you gonna pull Caleb's head out of the cow feed and tell him to give us a call and let us know what's going on with him? You know you got you got Rudy and Southeast Wisco thinking that he's got a chance to win this thing with his Jamison Winston takes and and pretty soon he's gonna be telling us all the EWs. I don't need to hear that from him. And I and the and the jerk in Hollywood, Mark. You know, I heard your neighbor, you're, you're going in on your neighbor, I. Ray Craig, Mark. The guy wrote a book next door to the same dumpster block you live on. He's an author, Mark. That's how pathetic and ignorant you are. This guy wrote a book, and you're sitting outside the same Chuck E. Cheese looking at it rip apart an acting part. You failed loser. Jim, I'll see you on the 24th, Jim, and thanks for everything you do for us. Jimmy in Portland. Good to have you. Jimmy, what's up? Jimmy, hey, I wrote a little uh, blues tune um, with apologies to ZZ Top. Uh, I like to hear it. It goes like this. Jim Rome just left the jungle, headed for the Radio Hall of Fame. I saw the amount of money you make on Twitter the other day, and uh, I'm here to tell you, 
I ain't reporting to OTAs until we can renegotiate my contract, bruh. <laughs> I did some quick number crunching. It looks like you don't get out of bed every day for less than 100K, which means I don't want to get out of bed on June 24th for less than, I don't know, a fifth of that? What do you say, Jim? Just sit there and don't say anything if we got a deal. I'm also really glad you got James Kelly up in here last segment. That was very enlightening. It's great of James to take a break from scrubbing dingleberries off a of greyhound's balls at his drive through dog wash to come up in here and give everybody financial advice. What's the next segment, Jim? I Ray Craig live in studio with 10 tips to improve the resale value of our homes. Hey, speaking of dogs, Rome, I'm a huge fan of Paul's dog also. I'm not trying to be a blow it here, but apparently Paul's dog and Les are teaming up for a tandem phone call for this year's smack off. Word has it left paying the dog entirely in peanut butter, and I guess it's a mutually beneficial arrangement, if you know what I mean, Jimmy. Hey, listen, I'll get out, but I got a quick request for this year's smack-off before I go. Can we update the places that people live in? I feel like a lot of the guys on the show aren't really living in the cities we associate them with anymore, and I think to be fair, we just need to update everyone and make people known by where they actually live. Like Vic in NoCal is really Vic in Baja, Mark in Boston is really Mark in Florida. And as you know, Jim, Cal in Vegas recently relocated to heaven. R.I.P. Cal. Stugnut didn't post the odds of you winning this year, but they're the same as they were last year. All right. Happy Memorial Day, Jimbo. I'll see you on the 24th. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. All right, how was your weekend? How was your week starting? Let's get to it. It's going to be a good week. I'm feeling really good about things. Why don't we start with Golden State and the Western Conference Finals? The guy who broke Dallas is the same guy we were talking about late last week. That guy is Andrew Wiggins. Yeah! Hey, Rome. His name is Luca. He may live on the second floor, but Wiggins lives above him. It's not like I haven't gotten 40 or 100 of them already. He is Howard Beck. What was your immediate reaction when you saw that dunk Andrew Wiggins over Luca? Holy that I can't say on radio. Romy, I just I, I love seeing guys who can rewrite the script of their career. Luka Doncic. Disgusting, Amber. Don't be doing that. I also see Rim signed the guy watching the pole assassin at work. More lady clones. More lady clones. Listen, I see Bob Myers joining us. You mentioned Draymond. What is something about Draymond that people don't know that they should know? Then he listened. I said, you swearing too much on your podcast. I said, don't do that. And then the next two weeks later, he goes, hey, man, I'm not swearing as much. Club again. Tiger 07. Look at that. Follow through. That was ugly. That was one of the ugliest swings ever. He finished that shot like he was inside of a phone booth. Like he just seized up on the follow-through. Frank Nabilo is my guest. Do you have a favorite Elk story that you can tell on this show? What's the writing on this show right now, Jim? We are midday. You know, you're part of the CBS family. Frank, you know this. We are a midday show. All the Sheilas come there with mattresses strapped to their back. I really can't tell a proper Elk story on this thing, but squirt the sandwich out the back. Hey, pause, dog. What's going on? There's no one that can walk me. My, my style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. I want to Miami Boston is the worst playoff series ever, ever, like I've ever seen. Email. Why did Glenn Fry change the channel? The heat was on. The heat is on. Oh, Sarah T, you did not the go there. 
Like I'm yeah, off my couch going, here I, here I. Dodger Jan was like, what the hell is the matter with you? Are you having a stroke? I said, no, I just hate this energy. Eat this aspirin, you're having a stroke. Ross, you just got me so pumped up, I decided I'm eating the whole chicken parm. It's like three things of chicken. I'm eating the whole chicken parm. You do it, Ross. It was like that Talking head song. Well, how did you get here? Many days go by and I'm like, God damn, this is ridiculous. What do you want from your life? What is this week's beef? Golf is the suckiest so-called sport. My beef is with that guy that you get picked on that has that song car wash. Terrible pick. Weekend golf hack utter guy. There's nothing easy about any of this. And I know that a lot of you come here to get away from that. But there are things that are more important than sports. You know, say what you want about this show. Say what you want about me. The show is a lot of things, but it's not an ignorant show. I'm so sick and tired of these people doing this with their guns. And then the attorneys go and say, well, they had mental problems. Well, then, damn it, fix it. I have a wife, eighth grade teacher. I have two kids, five and seven years old. I get it. Guns are important to people. But at what cost? You should have never been legally allowed to get a gun. Same with the shooting in Buffalo. He is in his bedroom, scared because he does not want to go to school today. There's no way I could sit back and watch that in horror again and not say anything. John Cooper. I, I do believe a lot of the culture and the things we instilled, if we kept knocking at the door, it was going to pay off. And, you know, fortunately for us, it did. Jalen Brown inside the paint. Right hands. In that moment, Pat had to be thinking, did I really give Dunk 90 mil? Can I slip into Joel's DMs before Jalen's feet touch the ground? Bang. The hell is going on here? To me, you're seeing the fatigue uh, shine through. You're seeing some of the injuries uh, shine through as well. It's been a real rock fight. And when your mom asks you how your phone call to the Jim Rome show went, you say, Mom, it was like a smuggled heroin balloon at an airport. Wrecked them. The team is in all kinds of pain, Romy. They play in the worst building in the league. The fans are boring and extremely poor, by the way. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. The establishment is called Surf in Suds Cat Wash and Detail Center. <laughs> Am I right, big head? If I see cat making me much money, mate, we see cat, I'd babe. be happy to change it. That's how pathetic and ignorant you are. This guy wrote a book, and you're sitting outside the same Chuck E. Cheese. Hello, Jim Rome. I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat your leftovers. I guess it's hands throwing time enough about me let's go back to uh, that last caller who was that crap king cole go aggies go gauchos hey you ever want to come to a game let me know i'm eating the whole thing talk to you during the final rome would never ever make a nausea hamper crack oh my goodness mice up son bring back the rat family he was in the bathroom i think i said is there any right is there any right thank you all of. Smack off 28 is June 24th. Be on the 24th. Good night now! Kareem Jackson. Kareem, it's really good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you? Good, good, Kareem. Really good. So you made it really clear in the past that you want to be back in Denver, but at the same time, it is a business, so you need to explore some opportunities and see what was out there. Ultimately, what led you to re-sign with the Broncos, and how good does it feel to be back? Um... <clears throat> Obviously, yeah, it's, it's definitely a business, but the, the other opportunities weren't. Um, it didn't make sense, you know, at this point in my career. And um, obviously, I love what, you know, Denver uh, had going on with the pieces that they made with uh, signing and or trading for uh, Russell Wilson, you know, um, and, and, and the, the signings that they made in free agency, you know, and just making that entire roster better, you know, on both sides of the ball. So, um you know, just having the opportunity to go back, I was definitely, you know, excited to, to do that and to be a part of, 
you know, uh, something special. But so, Kareem, what about Russell Wilson? I was going to get to that later on, but since you mentioned him, obviously an enormous move to make that trade to get Russ earlier in the offseason. What was your reaction to that news? And then what do you think his arrival means to the entire organization? Uh, definitely a lot of excitement. Um, I mean, the entire building is excited. You know, anytime you get a guy, you know, uh, like that under center for you, a guy that's played uh, in the biggest game, you know, won the biggest game, you know, he's been playing at a high level ever since he's been in this league. And, you know, with his experience, uh, his leadership, what he can do for a locker room, for young guys, you know, for an offense. Um, and, and just for your organization, you know, uh, entirely, you know, it's a, it's a lot of excitement. You know, he's, he's been great so far just being around him, you know, what he brings to, to, to the team in every aspect. You know, um, it's, it's, it's high expectations, but at the same time, you know, uh, he's, he's been showing us a lot and teaching us a lot just in terms of, you know, ways to work and things like that. So it's been a lot of excitement. We're talking to Kareem Jackson. There's going to be so much to be done between now and then, but I've got to ask, you're going to open up the season in Seattle in Russ's homecoming. What kind of an atmosphere? You've been around the league a while now. What kind of an atmosphere are you expecting for that game? And then how much are you personally looking forward to that game? Um, I'm expecting the atmosphere to be, you know, um, you know, one of the best atmospheres that I played in in a long time. I mean, already um, that that stadium and in, in you know, and that, that um, the fan base there are already great when we're there. You know, they have the DJ playing and things like that. It's always loud there, you know, whether it's preseason or a regular season game. But, I, I you know, um, I anticipate it'll be, you know, even crazier with the return of uh, of Russ, you know, with him wearing a, a different uniform and different jersey and, and being on a different team. You know, for me, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see him go out and compete against his old team. I know, you know, he'll approach it like, you know, any other game, but in the, in the back of his mind, I know he's excited about it as well. So uh, for me, it's just all about, you know, having his back going in there and, and doing whatever we can to get a win for him. Broncos safety, Kareem Jackson joining us. So Kareem, receiver Tim Patrick was talking about the way you hit and the fact that not many people hit the way that you hit. I'm curious, what's your mindset and mentality and what's the mentality that you need to play safety in the NFL and play it as physically as you do as long as you have? Um, for me, it's my mindset is, uh, you know, I'm going I'm to get you before you get me. Uh, that's the, the approach and the mindset that I have when I'm out there. You know, um, I, I just, you know, I, I feel like as a defender, you know, it's not much we can do when it comes to, you know, uh, rerouting and putting our hands on receivers after five yards. So any chance I get to kind of impose my will on a receiver, whether it's across the middle, whether it's a running back, you know, whether I'm filling an A-gap or B-gap, just in the sense of the run game. But, um, you know, any little thing I can do to add some type of, you know, put some type of fear in the guy's heart, you know, and even these fast guys, you know, for me it's all about trying to impose my will early and slow them down a little bit. And, and, and I, don't, I don't know no guy, no receiver or running back that wants to get hit um and 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 take a good lick and, and it happened early in the game because now they they know you know they they're they're running their routes and they're they're looking for it you know so maybe that that'll cause some turnovers for us you know later in the game and things like that but for me I just always had that mentality of you know I'm I'm, I'm a shoot before you know any anybody can get me. 
Tell you what, that's some old school mentality right there. I'm like thinking, I'm hearing that. I'm thinking like Steve Atwater and stuff like that. Like they, they can change the rules, Kareem, and I understand why they're changing the rules. But I mentioned off the top, you're entering your 13th season. That's an eternity in football years, especially when you play the game with the kind of physicality that you do. Your durability speaks to how well you've taken care of your body. I'm curious, how do you approach the offseason and the process of getting your body ready for an upcoming NFL year? Um, for me, I'm a big fan of the older you are, the harder you have to work. Um, that's, 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 you know, it's kind of been my motto. Um, and I kind of stick to it. So usually once the season ends, I'll probably take, depending on how I feel, if I'm feeling really good, you know, after the season, I'll probably jump back into doing some light things, maybe two, three weeks after, you know, some, some, some corrective stuff, some active recovery stuff, uh, some cardio and things like that. Um, but it takes a lot, you know. Um, I mean, not uh, for me, I'm not young anymore. I can't just jump out of the bed and go cover guys and go tackle and things like that. You know, um, it's, it's a it's a process for me. It takes me, you know, a little bit of time to get ready to go practice, you know. Um, and, and, and that's all in the name of me, you know, getting ready to, to go, you know, be able to play at a high level on Sundays. And, and, and I just kind of keep that mindset. Once in the off season, I kind of take the same approach, you know, um, and, and I, I just try to put all my work in in the all season. And once I get into the season, it's, it's more so just maintaining everything. Talking to Kareem Jackson, you know, when I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing is is a certain discipline. I'm hearing a certain professionalism. But at the same time, I, I can't imagine you would pay the price that you paid mentally and physically year in and year out unless there's a love of the game. How much of it is about that? Do you love the game? Or, or do you love the process or what it does for you? Like, where does the love fit in? How would you characterize the love for it? I think if you love the game, you definitely love the process. You know, I still get excited about getting up at 7, 7.30, going to work, out, going to work out with my trainer. Um, I still, you know, get excited about, you know, competing, you know, day in and day out in practice, you know, uh, film study. You know, just, uh, just going at it with the young guys and, and things like that. I still get excited about, you know, just the little things when it comes to, to football, you know, um, even during the season, uh, you know, some guys don't, if they're not playing, they don't watch it. I watch, I try my best to watch every game, every Thursday night, every Monday night, you know, uh, no matter what it is, you know, I, I still, you know, I still have that energy about it. I love the game still. And when it comes to a point when I, I lose that love, you know, um, when I, when I lose that love for getting up at seven, seven thirty in the morning and, and, and training in the off season and, and my eating discipline and things like that, that's when I'll, you know, I'll be done with the game. But until then, you know, it's, it's still burning in me and, and, you know, and, and, and that's something that I get a kick out of day in and day out. You know, um, even now I just, just left the gym, you know, from working out and things like that. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited about it. I'm still in, in my mind, uh, I still feel like I got a ton left in the tank and, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a approach it that way each and every day. All right, so you're a pro's pro, but I mean, are there days? Are there days where you're like, oh hell no, I don't want to oh, go yeah. to the gym? And of course, you go to the gym because you go to the gym, and that's what you've learned to do, and you've got that mindset. Are there days where you do not want to do it or go to the gym, or do you frankly always want to go in there and get it in? No, 100. percent There's days where I feel like I don't want to do anything. I'll say, you know, now more so. You know, those, I, I'll have those days maybe once or twice every every two weeks or something like that where I may be sore or, you know, I, I just don't feel like it. But, you know, I, I've always been a worker. You know, I've always been a, 
you know, a, a militant type guy when it came to, you know, my training and, and my discipline. So for me, you know, it, it got me to where I am. I, even when I was a kid, I've never been a gamer or anything like that. I was always that kid outside, you know, playing some type of sports and something like that, you know. Uh, and I think I got that from my dad and, and, and my uncles kind of growing up. But I've always been that, that type of guy. But, yeah, it's definitely days where I, I don't feel like getting up or I don't feel like, you know, getting body work. Uh, I just want to relax and things like that. But for me, it's it's always uh, it's always you know uh, something greater. And, and on the back end, uh, or I don't want to be that guy that you know wish wouldn't have missed that workout or anything like that. So you know, I still get up and I I, I go get it in. Kareem Jackson joining us. Before you go, I want to ask you about somebody that I used to really enjoy talking to, Demarius Thomas. You grew up in the same area. And have said that you've known him since middle school. You played against him back in the day and overlapped with him briefly in Houston. I understand that you got a tattoo to honor him. What kind of memories do you have of him? And for those who did not know Demarius, what was he like? Uh, man, uh, some of the greatest memories. Uh, like you said, definitely I grew up with him in, uh, in the same area. Um, <clears throat> we kind of met each other playing summer league basketball. Um, and... You know, as a kid, you know, just always hearing about him and how special he was as an athlete and just getting a chance to play against him. Um, in basketball, he was, you know, ah, and I thought he was going to be, you know, an NBA guy because when we were smaller in middle school, he was the same size as he was, you know, when he got drafted. So he was just much bigger than everybody. You know, I think as a freshman, he started on varsity 18, won a state championship and things like that. Uh, so he's always been a special talent. You know, and then and, and fast forward to college and getting a chance to spend a, a lot more time with him. Another one of my best friends was his roommate. So when I would come home from college, you know, just driving, I would always stop in Atlanta, um, going to Macon and, you know, spend a couple of nights with him. I would sleep on their couch in their dorm room. So uh, just getting a chance to spend so much time with him, you know, and, and, and family time and things like that. You know, he was an incredible soul, you know, as well as an incredible athlete. He's a great man, you know, um, did a lot for his community, mean a lot to a, a lot of people, not just in Denver, but not just his hometown and, and just around the world. You know, his impact you know, will forever live. And, and for me, it's all about carrying on, you know, um, his legacy, and I'll continue to do that as much as I can. Um, but uh, we definitely lost an incredible spirit and a great man. So, um, I mean, for me, it's just all about, you know, carrying on his legacy and making sure he's he's proud. That, that's a beautiful tribute. I don't know that you could do any better or say any better about a man than you just said. I'm really curious. One last thing. Like, you've got a lot of football left, and I know you have goals, and I know you want to lead this team to success. You had been with this team through some tough years. I know it would probably mean the world to you to be one of those guys to help lead that team to break through. Kareem, I'm curious, though. Like, I'm really, I'm really respectful of your process and your mindset and your grind, like what you would call a military approach, a militant approach to it. If you were to fast forward ahead five years, ten years, and you're beyond the game itself – what what is your life going to look like? Like, if you have that same sort of discipline and process, how are you going to apply it to what? Um, that's a great question. Um, I mean, and, and I've always, even now, I, I've, I've always said I didn't, once I'm done, I didn't want to coach because I, I I miss a lot of time with my, my daughters now because of my approach to the game with my training and things like that. Uh, so I definitely want to dedicate a lot more time with my kids, but hopefully I can instill some of that, that discipline in them. And hopefully they will be, you know, athletes, you know, uh, of some sort, whatever they decide to 
if not athletes or whatever they try, decide to to get into once they're a little older. So for me, uh, it's all about, you know, spending that time with them. Uh, a lot of lost time, obviously. Uh, a lot, like I said, a lot of things that I do, you know, I, I miss so many things with Ben and Denver, and, and they, you know, kind of stay here in Houston. But I think five or ten years after, I'll, I'll be dedicating a lot more time to them and, and just being, you know, that father figure in their life that, you know, I always want to be, you know, for them. Uh, and, and sometimes we can't, you know, all necessarily be there because of, you know, the, the, the profession that, you know, we choose and the things that we do when it comes to this game and this league. So um, I think five or ten years, I'll probably slow down a little bit for them, but still in my mind, I'll still be getting up, working out. I'll still be, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll have some type of discipline as far as my eating habits, but, you know, just not as crazy as it is now. But, um I think that'll probably be me in five or ten years. That makes sense. You know, it's got to be so hard, right? Because you you picked a profession that requires that you be all in, all in, all the time, no days off if you want to have the career that you've had. But at the same time, you're making sacrifices and you're missing out on other things. Like I even know this to a certain extent with what I've done with what I've done because this is not easy for me. Like it may seem like it's easy and kind of a dumb thing that some knucklehead would do, but I actually work it really hard and I feel like I've missed out on some other things. But then you tell yourself, yeah, but I'm doing it for the family so the family can have a better life. But then you wonder if maybe the family would rather you have more time with them than some of the shiny things. So are we doing the right thing to take care of our family and put food on the table? Or are we being selfish because we're pursuing a career that we want and we want to be great? Like, I know that's kind of heavy, but these are the types of things I think about. Do you ever think about stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Right. I mean, I, I don't agree. think any players, any players or anybody that's great at whatever they've done or whatever they've accomplished aren't, you know, a little bit of selfish. You know, um, I mean, you have to put the time in. You There's no way you're going to get to where you are in your profession if you don't put that time in. So, you know, yeah, you can say, all right, you know, I'm 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 doing this for, you know, to make sure my family, you know, has everything they need, you know, food on the table, house over their head, you know, clothes, all that. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's that little bit of selfishness that's gotten you where you are. But at the same time, I'm sure, you know, once they get older, they'll, they'll understand, you know, my, my dad was, my dad played how many every year I'll decide to play. I understand it now. When I was smaller, I didn't really get it, and and and, and they're just six and three. They just only thing they know now is that you know I'm I'm going and coming, going and coming, going and coming. They get to see me play on TV. They go to the games and things like that. But once they get a little older, they'll understand the sacrifices that I made and and that missed time. And you know, at that point in time, at the end of my when I'm done, you know, obviously I'll be there a lot more. But I, I just hope you know once they get older, they'll understand it. Hundred percent. Well said. So well said. He is a BCS champion, I should say. I meant to say. I butchered that at the top. Denver Broncos safety entering his thirteenth year in the NFL, coming off a big year and a season opener at Seattle. Kareem, normally I do not keep interviews that long, but that was so good and so interesting, and I appreciate you very much. I wanted to have that talk. So great to have you on. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Good night now.